Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Several times I've talked to you on, on the value and the importance of us being part of a, long, a larger denominational family. Um, in, in being part of this, this bigger, broader denominational family, it allows us to participate in things that we would otherwise, frankly, be too small to engage in. Um, we're allowed to, you know, we get to, to engage in higher education through Tabor College, through missions, and, uh, and international service that way through, through Multiply. Um, even uh, financial services like MB Foundation. And so it allows us to engage that way, but there's also um, just blessings to us. Um, there are services that are available to us. Uh, it helps keep us on the, on the straight and narrow um, theologically and, and help guard and watch over us in just in a lot of fantastic ways. And so part of that is that we are part of, a, you know, the, the national denomination, but also regionally we are part of what's called the Central District Conference, and I'm and um, so I'm going to introduce Daniel here in just a minute. But he is our our central district minister. Our central district involves um, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Indiana. Um, Thirty nine churches in that in that space so it's a big space just with geography and having to drive there are english congregations hispanic ethiopian lakota congolese slavic so it's a very diverse group spread out over a really large area and daniel is our district minister he is our pastor to the pastors for all of those different churches he has to slash gets to uh, sit on a lot of different boards some may be fun some yeah meh um so but that's part of his and i can say that because i'm on some of those boards with him and um so he gets to to serve in in that way prior to this uh, he was pastor for 12 years at inglesia agua viva church in omaha and uh, maybe he'll, he'll share some of that, too. So uh, I am thrilled and thankful that Daniel and his entire family are here with us this morning. I know that, that he has a very busy schedule. So I, several months ago, I contacted him and said, it would be great to have you come out, pick a Sunday, and we'll try to make it work. And because I knew his schedule was more, more restrictive than ours. And so here he is. And uh, so very, very thankful for that. So um, Daniel, why don't you come on up? I, I want to pray for you, and we'll, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, I will share one other memory of, that I have of Daniel. So f- a couple of years ago, several years ago, we actually hosted the Central District Conference here at our church, and many of you helped out with that. And one of my strongest memories of Daniel is that he led a workshop during that time, and it was neat to hear him talk beca- how strongly he talked about raising up leaders and then sending them out. 
and not trying to keep them and not trying to hold them up. Raise up leaders, send them out. Raise up leaders, don't be selfish about it, send them out. And so just one of my, my strong memories of Daniel and his time here. So, and I, I believe they're staying for lunch afterwards as well too. Yes. yes. So if you would like to, to get to know them a little bit more, um, stay and join us for lunch, but then you also do have to help us decorate after that. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a package deal. So let me pray for you, sir, and then the, the morning is yours. Heavenly Father, we are so blessed and we are so grateful to, to have Daniel and, and to have his family leading and serving in this capacity. Lord, we are so grateful to have them here this morning. Lord, it is a blessing, it is a privilege, uh, it is a protection for us to be part of a larger denominational family, Lord, and so we are grateful to that. And Lord, we ask your, your blessing and your protection on Daniel and his ministry and on his family, and as there is much travel uh, to be done, and as he just navigates so many different areas, uh, whether it be uh, installing new pastors or helping a church with church conflict, that you would give this man uh, incredible wisdom and insight in, in how to lead and in how to serve. And as he shares and speaks this morning, Lord, that it would be your Holy Spirit speaking through him to us. We worship you and we love you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> So thank you for welcoming us, uh, our family and us. Uh, we have a lovely evening yesterday. Uh, thank you for the family that hosted us. It was just an incredible, incredible uh, time with you guys. Um, my first time that I came to Henderson, it was uh, back in 2006. And uh, somebody, I was the worship team leader back then, and my wife was part of the worship uh, team. Uh, and we came to your church, and we sang in Spanish. How many of you remember that? Okay, since you remember that, you have to sing this song in Spanish. <laughs> uh, so that, that, was, that was back in 2006, and uh, Wendy and I were engaged back then. Uh, next year, 2007, we got married, um, and uh, it, it, I have memories of this church, a beautiful, beautiful building, and then beautiful people in the church. So they told me that uh, Henderson has a, the, 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 the Living Hope Church, is a church that holds the, the most handsome and beautiful people in the Nebraska <laughs> territory. So that's good job. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm going to be preaching out of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is one of my <clears throat> favorite books. And every pastor has, says uh, every single passage is your favorite passage. But Nehemiah, it's, it's a book that uh, I, I found really encouraging in my life. Uh, the leadership that takes place in the book of Nehemiah and all the things that they're trying to accomplish. And, and the first, first verses of Nehemiah, I think um, it gives us hope. So we're going to try to answer this question, what, what are you doing? And probably if I ask you, what are you doing? The second question that you're going to respond back is like, what am I doing about what? Right? Because I can be doing a lot of things. Uh, but when we think about uh, church and, and uh, in, incredible uh, stories about how people, in it, how people is reaching other communities and how people is reaching other, other people. And, and, and so when we think about what, what are we doing as a church, as believers of Christ, as followers of Jesus, um, what, what is our response? Because nowadays, I don't know, this probably doesn't happen in Henderson. Right? It happens in other towns and other churches, not in Henderson. 
uh, and I'm being a little bit sarcastic there, but uh, sometimes uh, it's easier to complain than to do something about it. Do you agree with me? It's okay if you don't agree with me. <laughs> but I, I get the sense that a lot of us, uh, we tend to do that, right? Um, so what are we doing? In uh, chapter, uh, Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4, um, and I'm just going to read it. Uh, Nehemiah is speaking here, and he says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continue fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Right? Incredible, incredible uh, passage, verse. And some of you know, know the whole story about Nehemiah. If you don't, this is what's going on. The people of Israel, uh, God made a covenant with, with Moses in the, uh, when they were about to enter the land. And, and God said to the people, if you're faithful, I'm going to bless you. Right? I'm going to be with you, and everything that you do is going to be just fine. But if you disobey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to curse you. And you're going to be dispersed into other nations, or you're going to be slaves in, every, in, in different nations. Guess what happened? <laughs> they disobey. Right? And so God, he's faithful, and he sent them to be slaves in different countries. But one of the promises that God says... But when you remember about my covenant, and if you decide to obey me, I'm going to bring you back to Jerusalem. I'm going to bring you back to the place that I show you, and, and I'm going to be faithful to you. Right? And this is in the middle of everything that is happening. So um, the Babylonian Empire came and took Jerusalem and, and took some of the people. And now Nehemiah is living in, in this country. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, so Nehemiah remembers uh, what God has said. Now, how many of you have heard of Ezra in the Bible? He's, he's a really nice guy. And so he goes, uh, he goes back to Jerusalem, and then when he goes there, he's like, he starts building the temple again, right? He's building the temple, and he's teaching the people the word of God again. And he's telling them, you know, th this is what we need. We need to build a temple. We need, we need to start worshiping God again, you know, because uh, this is what God wants from us. It's really interesting. My first language is Spanish, so you already noticed that. If you don't understand any of the words that I spoke of, or some of the words that I speak in English, just come after service and, and ask me, what did you mean when you said that? Uh, so... The same thing, and so I came to the United States, and so English is my, my second language. Um, the same thing happened with, with the people of Israel. They went to another country, and so when they came back, and Ezra is teaching the people the, 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 the word of God, uh, there, was, there was a need of translators. So people is translating uh, the word of God to the, to the new generation because they needed to hear the word of God. So God is, is fulfilling the promise that he was going to bring them back to Jerusalem, that he was going to bring them uh, to the place that he promised them, and that he was going to be with them. And Nehemiah is in, 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 uh, in Susa. So Nehemiah chapter 1, verses 1 to 3 says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Alakai, now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. 
And, and, and I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. Now, this is very important because he's, he's not in Jerusalem yet. He's, he's in Susa, and, and he serves the king. Uh, but as soon as he saw these, these guys, and he recognized them, they're, they're Jews. And these men are from, from Judah. I'm going to ask them, like, what's going on? I'm so excited because God is fulfilling the promise that he was going to take us back. Right? And he, he, uh, God allows some of the people to go back. So Nehemiah is all excited because the word of God says that when God brings us back to our place, to Jerusalem, things are going to be good. Because God is with us. Right? So he, he's... Um, He's thinking about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a slide <coughs> somewhere in there. Yeah, this video. And then you can go to the next slide. But uh, Luke was, was kind of introducing the Central District to you. And this is our family. And we just had our annual convention. And so you see all these faces. And, and uh, we call this time of uh, transition moving forward. So there's a lot of transition going on in the Central, in the central District. Um, and and when, I'm, when I'm thinking about Nehemiah, uh, he's, he's seeing this transition. And he expects things to go really well. Because God is with us. Right? Do you have curiosity or concern? Is it a difference between the two? Curiosity? Did I, did I say that right? Curiosity and, or concern? I think there's a difference. The difference, I, I believe, is do you, want, do you want just to know or do you want to do something about it? 
right? You can go into the, into the, to the next one. <clears throat> there. Do you, want, do you just want to know or do you want to do something about it? So when Nehemiah, he has a concern and he asks the question, how is the people in Israel doing? How is the people in Jerusalem doing? Nehemiah has a concern for the people in Jerusalem. But he, he, most important, he's, uh, he's trying to see how God is fulfilling the promise. Now, as a church today, how do we see God working in our communities? How do we see God working in our churches? Are, are we 100% good? Is everything going well for us? <laughs> I see one head saying no. <laughs> a, a strong, courageous head saying no. Are we afraid to say that, yeah, things are not that great? You know, uh, how many of you have felt the, the economy is not doing well? That's how people think, right? Economy is not going well. You know, if, if we really want to get into it, we can say politics are going well. Uh, don't even, let's not even talk about it, right? Uh, our uh, youth, how is the youth doing? I was, really, I was really encouraged because I went to Fremont, Nebraska, and they had the Central District uh, Youth Convention uh, or Conference, and we had about 90 kids there uh, worshiping God. That was really encouraging. But, uh, you know, out of the 39 churches, we only have 90, 90 kids going to that conference. Um, so when we see things around us, we, we don't see a, a lot of great things going on. Right, we see a lot of a lot of uh, pain and a lot of things that are not going well. So Nehemiah is it's a little bit shocked with with the things that are happening. So verse verse three, here's the bad news. And they said to me, the rem remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. Just pay, pay close attention to those words. To two two words, trouble in shame the wall of jerusalem is broken down and its gates are destroyed by fire how are things going with the people in jerusalem not good not good at all how come god promised that if we're faithful he was going to bring us back to jerusalem and then things were going to get better well he brought us back to jerusalem and guess what Things are not going great. It reminds me when, when Moses got the people out of Egypt and they're in the desert and they're, they're start, they're, they start complaining, right? And they're like, oh, we don't have any food. Let's just go back to Egypt and we can die there. <laughs> At least we're going to die with a, with a full stomach, right? And he gave them manna, right? And then they're like, oh, it's just manna every day. This is getting tired. And then he, he I, don't know, I don't even know how to say it. He gives them birds. How do you say that in English? Quail. Quail. <laughs> right? And then they're like, oh, we're thirsty and we're tired. And we're... Are we going through those times in our lives where we just... We're thinking that everything is going bad. We're seeing things that uh, there's no hope. There's a, lot of, uh, uh, there's a lack of hope in our communities nowadays. 
right? I had a pastor that always tell me, uh, if we wanted to make a list of all the problems in the world, how long of a list would we have? Long list or short list? A really long list. And he says, and guess what? And if we, if we wanted to write all the solutions for all those problems, how big of a list would we have? And he says, we will have a really small list because all the solution for all the problems in the world is just one word. You know what word is? Jesus. Right? Jesus. Now my question to you is, do you have Jesus? Okay, I'm going to give you time to think about it a little bit. And then I want you to respond. Do you have Jesus? Yes, right? So we have the solution for all the problems in the world, right? So we are blessed because we have, we have Jesus. So Nehemiah is a little bit confused because he's thinking, you know, God promised that he was going to bring us back and things are not going great. So what's, what's the plan of God? What, what God is trying to do here? You know, it was surprising because they give a bad report. Like everything is bad. Everything is going bad. There were something good things going on because they, they built the temple. That's good, right? If you have a, a, a place to worship God and, and to seek God and read the, the word of God, that's, that's good. But they didn't report on that. They only report on the wall of Jerusalem. It's like things are bad. Things are really go, are going bad. If you want to go to the next slide. <coughs> uh, are we looking for God's promise? Are we looking for God's promise? Uh, this week is Thanksgiving, right? Are you excited about Thanksgiving? And then after Thanksgiving, what's, what's going to happen? What's next on the calendar? <gasps> Christmas. Are you excited about Christmas? <laughs> what are we celebrating Christmas? Jesus, right? Jesus. So are we looking for God's promises? <clears throat> are we seeking God? In the middle of the uh, hopelessness that we can see in the world, in the middle of how, things are, how bad things are getting, right? And we ask questions like, uh, why is that happening? And why is God doing this? We don't understand how, how things are getting, getting out of hand, how people is just running away from God, and how our institutions are running away from God, and, and all this chaos that is happening around us, right? So my question is, are we, are we looking for God's promise, right? And what, what's that promise? Uh, when when uh, when Nehemiah hears the the bad news about everything that is happening, he says that as soon as I hear these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. <clears throat> Let me ask you this question: <clears throat> How passionate are you about the people that don't know Jesus? How does it hurt you that a person can die today without knowing Jesus? Does it really hurt you? And this is what's happening with Nehemiah. And I found this really interesting because, I mean, he called them brothers. But this means that they're Jewish. It's not necessarily their blood brothers, but they're, they're his family, right? And he's like... I, when I heard this news, I, I cried, 
and I mourn for days. But then he does something that we, that we ought to do. And he says, I continue fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So he did these two things. I don't know if you can go to the next slide. Uh, next one. And then next one. <laughs> and then next one. Sorry, I'm a little behind on my... Uh, he did the, the, He prayed. He fasted and prayed. We know that things can get better, right? We, we have the hope of Jesus in our lives. We know that Jesus is the solution for every problem in, in the world, right? We know that. So what are we doing about the hopelessness that is going on in the world? What are we doing about the crisis that, we're going, that, that is going on in, in our country, in our communities, right? Do you know that there are more churches that are closing than churches that are being planted? You know, there's more people leaving the church than people coming into the church. There's more people dying without knowing Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus than people that is, that is believing in Jesus. So the question to us and to me is, what are we doing about it? What are you doing? And, and Nehemiah teaches us two things. First thing, go to God. Are we going to God? Are we seeking uh, God's faithfulness in the middle of everything that is going on in the world? In the middle of everything that is happening, we can go to God. And the second thing he does is obey God. Are you obeying God? How good are you at obedience? You parents, do you like your children to be obedient or disobedient? <laughs> Dumb question, huh? <laughs> Duh, of course, obedient. So if you tell your son or your daughter, go clean your room, what do you expect from them? Go clean the room. Now, the second question is, how fast do you want them to do it? Because they can say, yes, mom, I'm going to go clean my room, but they don't say when. It could take a week. It could take months before it gets clean. So the question the next question that you're going to ask your son or daughter is like, when are you going to get it done? And then you put a timeline. I need it done before lunch. Or I need it done before supper or dinner, whatever you call it. Right? How many of us in this room are sons and daughters of God? <laughs> so think about that. So when God tells us to do something... What do you think God is expecting from us? To be obedient or disobedient? Of course, to be obedient. Then the second question is like, how soon does God want us to be obedient? Because sometimes we say, yes, I'm going to obey God. But we don't say when. <laughs> it can take months. It can take years. It can take a, a lifetime before you do anything for God. Right? But in the meantime, we're, we're losing time. Right? We're, we're, I don't want to say we're wasting time, so pretend that I didn't say that. <laughs> but we are a little bit, right? It's like, it's, we were talking about ages last night with, with a couple of the hostess, and, and I'm always afraid to say how old is old. Like, I don't want to say it. <laughs> right? Um, 
But time goes fast. And I, re I remember 2006, I was 19 years old. I came to your church. Now I'm, I'm how old I am? 30, I'm 35. And it's like I just went to bed and wake up and I'm 36. Right? Time goes fast. My children, they were so, they were babies. They're so cute when they're babies. Now I have a teenager. And one of the, <coughs> I share this often, one of my prayers, I was really, really praying hard for that. I was praying that Jesus will return before I had teenagers at home. <laughs> God didn't answer that petition, but <laughs> oh well, right? Obey God. So, so Nehemiah is like, what am what I'm going to do? What, I mean, things are not going great. What's, what's God doing in this? But he doesn't get mad at, at God. He doesn't complain. He's, he's not like, uh, and he doesn't have a bad attitude about it. He's praying. He's fasting and praying to God. He goes to God and he talks to him. And he obeys God. And this is something that we need to, that we need to be doing. But we need to do it soon. Don't, don't, don't wait. Okay, this is a story about the disciples in Acts chapter 1. And you can read the, show, the whole chapter if you want to. But there's something that I, I really like about the disciples because Jesus is talking to them and he says, um, I'm going to go uh, and then I'm going to come back. Okay, this is, uh, you can read it. I'm just kind of telling you the story. This is the conversation, Jesus. I'm leaving and then I'm going to come back. In the meantime, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, and you're going to be my witnesses in Samaria, Judea, uh, Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the rest of the world, right? And the disciples like, when is this happening? And he's like, it's going to happen. Don't question when, it's just going to happen, okay? And the disciples are like, okay. So Jesus starts going into heaven, right? And the disciples are looking, and then remember, Jesus says he's going to leave and then he's going to come back. So they're just staring. Why do you think they're staring at heaven? It's really simple. Because Jesus said, I'm going to come back. <laughs> and they're like, Jesus is coming. He, just, he probably went to grab something and then he's going to come back. <laughs> right? And they're, and they're just waiting there. I don't know how, I mean, the Bible doesn't give us timelines, but I don't know, 10 minutes, an hour, I don't know how long they stay. They, they're just staring. And then an angel has to come, and he's like, guys, it's going to take longer. All right? Remember what Jesus says. Go to Jerusalem and wait with, for the Holy Spirit to come, and then you're going you're gonna to do this, you know? So the, the disciples, right away, they kind of, okay, they figure out, well, it's going to take a little bit longer. But he's coming back. And he gave us a command. We're, we're supposed to be Jesus' witness to the world. We're supposed to share the gospel. We're supposed to be making disciples. So, so they go to Jerusalem. They receive the Holy Spirit. And guess what? There was an explosion of the gospel message. Everywhere people is hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And there, the, you can see the disciples. This sense of urgency to make disciples this sense of urgency for people to hear the message of jesus why because jesus is coming 
And we don't know when it's going to happen. He says this is hap- it's, he's coming and it can happen at any moment. So we need to make sure that we share the gospel with as many people as we can as fast as we can. And you can see that in the disciples. Then over time, you can see that slowing down. Slowing down. Slowing down. And nowadays, we can go in a lifetime without reaching at least one person for Jesus. Is that acceptable? Please say no. (laughs) Do we have the sense of urgency that Jesus is coming back? I'm going to ask you the hardest question of your life. Are you ready? Good thing that you guys all sit sitting down. So, if you die today, where are you going to go? With Jesus, right? Is being with Jesus a better place than to be in Henderson, Nebraska? Are you sure? I'm going to give you two seconds to think about it. Are you sure? How many of you today want, wants to die right now? But you just said that being with Jesus is better than to be here. Did something change your mind? Probably you think about grandkids or your kids or your husband or your wife or your house or your car. See, we're getting too comfortable in this world. So if Jesus comes back today, did we reach enough people with the gospel of Jesus? Right? And, and, and all of the hopelessness that we are seeing in the world, all the things that are happening in the world, it's, it's like Nehemiah getting this bad report. Things are bad. Things are not going well. Things are being destroyed. Things are on fire. Things are broken down. Isn't it that what is happening in our world today? That's exactly what we see in the world today. A lot of brokenness. But we need to remember we have the solution for the world. And that solution is Jesus, right? So we need Jesus for ourselves to be light of the world, to be the salt of the world. But we need to be also about sharing the light of the world, sharing the gospel of Jesus. And I'm going to jump. I'm really behind my slices, so you can just go and show the next one. Uh, let's just stay on that one. Thank you. Verse 8, chap- Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. <clears throat> and it says, Remember the word that I commanded, commanded your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter among the peoples. And this is Nehemiah prayer. And he's reminding, he's reminding God what he had said. It doesn't make sense, but... We pray the same way sometimes, right? And he's saying, remember, uh, you said to Moses, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But, here's the but, if you return to me and keep my commandments and and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name be well there. So Nehemiah is, is arguing, not, not necessarily arguing, but he's talking with God and he says, you promised this. 
you promised this, that you were going to do this. So I'm, I'm encouraging you and I'm, I'm kind of challenging you today to remember God's faithfulness, but to remember that Jesus is the promise of redemption to the world. We, ha- we, we can have hope in Jesus. We can have hope in Jesus. Do we want things to change? We need Jesus. We need Jesus in our lives and we, we need Jesus in our communities. That the question is, who is going to be sharing the gospel to all the people? Who is going to be the one sharing the good news of Jesus? Who is going to be the one that is going to do something about it? Not just stay here comfortable in this, in this bubble, <laughs> but, but being out there, making making difference. Um, Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 8, and you can also find the same words in Luke 4, 18 and 19. And this is, uh, and Isaiah is a prophecy that uh, of the Messiah. And then in Luke, we see Jesus saying these words and, and, and talking about himself. And this is the, the passage. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to, pro- to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Right? So this is Jesus speaking. This is the prophecy about Jesus. And this passage is full of hope. This is what the world needs. This is what the world needs. Um, if you have a story and you don't want anybody to know it, don't tell it to a pastor because he's going to probably use it for a sermon. So I'm going to use one of, of the stories that I got last night. Um, trick-or-treaters. And, and this, this young lady came to, to their house and, and, and she, good job of evangelism. And she asked every trick-or-treater, do you know who love you? And some kids were like, well, my mom loves me sometimes. <laughs> or my mom loves me. And then she responded, we're like, well, there's something that loves you even more. And that person is Jesus. And then there's this, well, this girl, a teenager, and she started crying. Because she never heard that Jesus loved her. Isn't that amazing? People need to hear that Jesus loves them. People need hope. And we have that hope. Just turn around and look at someone in your, here in your church. <laughs> they have Jesus. And guess what? One day we all are going to be in heaven. And it's going to be great. It's just going to be amazing, right? Being with Jesus and... you. Know, I, I, I really want to sit down and have coffee with Moses and Samuel and all those guys. Because there's going to be coffee in heaven. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and I'm going to remember some of you. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, you were there, too. You know? But there's so many people out there that still don't have the hope. The, things are getting out of control. But we have the solution for the world. And that solution is... Jesus. 
So what are you doing? That's my question. And that question can, I want you to ask you, to ask yourself that same question when you go out in your community, when you go out in, go out in, the, in, the, in your work, in your school, wherever you go. And when you see something that you know that it's bad, I want you to ask you these questions. What am I doing about this? Can I do something in the middle of this? And 100%, I tell you that Jesus is going to give you the solution because he is the solution. And you can intervene or you can share the gospel or you can pray for someone or you can encourage someone. So the last, last slide. This is my challenge for you. Do this. First, keep your faith strong in Jesus. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we go through struggles. Sometimes it's, it's complicated, right? It's not easy. But guess what? Jesus is with us. If you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. Do you agree with that? If you have Jesus, you don't need anything else. He's going to keep you. He's going to give you everything that you need. You only need Jesus. And the second thing, I want you to remember this. Share the good news of Jesus. You need to share it. Don't keep it for yourself. Don't be selfish. Do you use this saying and with your kids? Sharing is caring. <laughs> so when you think about sharing the gospel, sharing is caring. Love your neighbor. I'm going to teach you Spanish. I've been doing this in every single church, so you're not going to be the exception. And then if you ever find out that I teach some of the other churches Spanish and I didn't teach you, you're going to get mad with me. So I'm just going to teach you Spanish. Are you ready? A really small word. Two letters word. A Y and a an O. And the pronunciation is yo. We're going to practice it. One, two, three. Yo. Yo. You know what that means? I. Simple. It's English is even easier. It's just one letter. So, Joe means I. So, I'm going to ask you a question in English, and you're going to tell a respond or answer with the only Spanish word that you know <laughs> that I just tell you. Okay? Are you ready? So, you get Joe. Don't forget. Ready. Who is going to go out and make disciples? Good job. Now you know Spanish. Well, one word in Spanish. Don't say the pastor, don't say the deacons, don't say the missionaries, don't say the whatever. Who's going to make disciples? Yo. Yo. That means I. I'm responsible. I'm the one that is going to do it. And I don't expect you to make 100 disciples. Don't try to make 100 disciples. Just make one. <laughs> one at a time. So my prayer for you is that you can keep Jesus the center of your life. That everything that happens in your life, you can think about Jesus and how Jesus wants me to respond. And Jesus wants, you, want, wants us to go to him and obey him. So just keep Jesus strong in your life, center in your life. And the second thing, every time that you have, <coughs> every time that you can, that you can share the good news of Jesus. Because people need hope. People need Jesus. And I believe we have a, a wonderful church in Henderson, Nebraska, 
because Jesus wants to be shining in this community. And God shows you to be here in Henderson because he has a purpose on your life. He has a purpose on my life. I'm from Mexico, and he brought me to Omaha, Nebraska. Isn't that amazing? You know, and, 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 and we're so humbled to be serving the Central District in this position because, uh, you know, Mennonite veteran, we were, like, we were like German people. We even spoke German at some point in some of our churches. So we had a, 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 this German community, and I bet some of those people back then, when they thought, hmm, someday we're going to have a district minister from Mexico. I don't think they thought about that, you know? But God is working uh, in, in, in our families, in, in our Central District families, so I'm, I'm really humble to be serving, serving the, the Central District. And I'm, I, 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 pastors have a hard time when they think about, I have 30 minutes, and I need to challenge my people in those 30 minutes one time out of a, of a, of a week. For me, it's even harder because I have one sermon. <laughs> I don't know when I'm coming back. So... <laughs> Um, I really, I re- I'm going to be praying for you that you can, um, that you can keep this, uh, keep strong, keep your faith strong in Jesus and share the good news of Jesus. So let me, let me pray for you. Father, I just want to thank you for, for this time and opportunity to be uh, with this, with this family. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful for, for th- what are they doing here in their community and, and trying to be the light of the world. I pray for this church that you can give them the encouragement that they need, uh, give them the wisdom uh, that they can rely on you, that they can be obedient to you. We pray that this message is not only just, just a message, but that we can learn from it and we can apply it to our lives because you want us to share the, the gospel of Jesus. You want us to go out there and be the light of the world. I pray for the leadership. I pray for Pastor Luke, his wife, and family, that you keep them uh, strong and that you give them the wisdom that they need to be the leaders of this, of this church, to be the pastors for this, for this church. Uh, thank you for, for the privilege that you gave me to be able to be here. And, and uh, I, I pray for every single member, every single person that comes to, to this church, every, every youth, every kid that comes to this church, that you can just uh, bless them in a, in a great way. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the words that you spoke to our lives and that we can apply, apply them into our daily living. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.